Our podcast today concerns the effectiveness of vaccines and the rumour and myths surrounding vaccines. In our podcast today, we intend to discuss the path that led to the drastic decrease in vaccine uptake in the past two decades. We examine each claim and investigate for ourselves whether there is any truth to these claims. We were requested by the Department of Health and Education to research the decline of vaccine uptake and report on information on vaccines. Our goal is to uh, is to encourage uptake of vaccines. At the table today, we have myself, Daniel, Katie. Hello. Marcus. Hi. Dean. Hello. And Alana. Hiya. As we began our research into this area, we were surprised at the overwhelming amount of anti-vax groups, websites, suspicion and fabricated headlines. Social media and illegitimate news outlets have tinted the portrayal of vaccines to the public. And as residents of Ireland, we are all entitled to receive numerous vaccines as part of the HSE immunization program of Ireland. With the growing speculation and anti-vaxxer movements of today, there has been a drastic decline in vaccine uptake in recent years, with social media playing a massive part in the spreading of fake news and taboo myths there's no wonder that true facts regarding vaccines are being shadowed online. If there's just one thing you get from this today, we hope that we are able to clear up some of these outlandish accusations made by the public and provide you with some of the real facts you came here in search of. As young adults, we really have not had to make the big decision in regards to our medical health for ourselves yet. As children, we relied on our parents to do the research and make the best decision for us and for our well-being. It was not until recently with the COVID vaccine that we had the opportunity to really observe, find out the information and make the vital decision on whether or not it is something we trust enough to receive, something that we've relied on our parents to do. As parents, it is natural that you are concerned for the welfare of your child. And with so much speculation in media and news, it is understandably a difficult decision. There is a vast body of work and research out there regarding vaccines. However, it can be time and energy consuming, not to mention confusing, sitting down to read individual papers. The knowledge is out there. However, with such busy lifestyles nowadays, people want answers quickly. Thankfully, our team did a little digging so we can provide you with the correct information so parents and grandparents can relax, knowing that they can make a fully informed decision. To begin our investigation, we simply typed vaccine myths speculations, facts, and all the taboo words associated with vaccines into a research engine. No wonder people are sceptical and negative. There are, t there are thousands and thousands of negative, unsupported, biased and subjective accounts of alleged extreme side effects of vaccines. There are copious amounts of misinformation and it begs the question, should medical professionals be the only ones allowed to publish accounts and articles online regarding vaccines. We gathered the most common myths and speculations regarding vaccines and worked off those to give us a sense of direction. We are not mythbusters, but we would like to set aside any misinformation we can. One of these myths is that vaccines cause the disease that they are trying to prevent. It's known that vaccines mimic or imitate the disease they prevent. The process of producing antibodies can sometimes cause a low fever or minor swelling, but not the actual disease. Also, 
I heard vaccines contain unsafe toxins. Is that true? Vaccines do not contain unsafe toxins. Each component of a vaccine serves a specific purpose to ensure it's safe and effective and long lasting. An antigen is an inactive or weakened form of a virus or bacteria. It triggers an immune response within the body and trains our bodies to recognize and fight the disease. Adjuvants help the body boost our immune system. This means they help vaccines to work even better. Preservatives ensure our vaccines stay effective. They help to stop the growth of a bacterial or fungal contaminants. And finally, stabilizers protect the vaccine during storage and transportation. Each of these are core elements of any basic vaccine. A popular myth is that infant immune systems can't handle so many vaccines. Can anyone elaborate on this? Uh, yeah, I mean, children are exposed to many foreign substances every day with no harmful effects, from crawling on floors, putting their hands in their mouths and playing in sand pits with other children. They're exposed to so many different bacterias and fungi every day with no harmful effects. Scientists say that the tiny amounts of virus or bacteria in vaccines is not enough to harm a child. I've also heard people saying that we don't need to vaccinate because infection rates are already so low. Yeah, um, I'll ha be happy to answer that question. Uh, it is known that vaccines are one of the great pillars of modern medicine. Today, fatal illnesses such as whooping cough and measles can be completely prevented with a simple injection. In order to maintain this, the country must continue vaccinating the population to ensure there is no spread of the illness should it reappear. Another one of these myths is that vaccines contain toxic substances such as aluminium and mercury. In a normal day, the average person actually breathes, eats or drinks around 7 to 10 milligrams of aluminium, which is more than 10 times the maximum allowed dose in a vaccine. So it's obviously not harmful. Yeah, I've heard that some people cite religious beliefs as a reason not to get vaccinated. Well, yeah, some people do exploit religion just to say they don't want to get a vaccine and that their belief says they shouldn't. But who are who are we like to oppose them? At the end of the day, vaccines are there to protect people against illnesses that may be unpreventable later in life. They are the reason human life expectancy has like increased over the last century. So, One of the most famous myths is vaccines cause autism. I've heard that numerous times. It, the vaccine... Uh, the, the widespread fear that vaccines increase uh, the risk of autism originated in a 1997 study published by Andrew uh, Wakefield, who was a British, British surgeon. The article was published in the Lancet, which is a prestigious medical journal. Uh, it suggested that the MMR vaccine was uh, increasing autism in British children. The paper since then has been completely discredited due to the serious procedural errors, undisclosed financial conflict of interest and ethical violations. Andrew Wakefield lost his medical license as well and the paper was retracted from the Lancet. As Daniel said, there's obviously no relationship between any vaccine and autism. Autism is usually determined before birth, which happens to be close to the time when vaccinations are given. So because of this, people thought that vaccines correlated with autism, but it was purely a coincidence and it's completely false. In our research of news articles, we found that the media is providing individuals with misinformation and inadvertently drawing conclusions based on wrong or incomplete facts. On the other hand, this information is the deliberate spread of falsehoods to promote an agenda. 
and media have played a role in keeping vaccination scares alive. Even in face of strong evidence of the safety and effectiveness of vaccines, many scientific studies have demonstrated the negative influence of media controversies on vaccine uptakes. Many anti-vax groups and the arguments they present gain attention due to the promotion of false information on social media. People who are not well versed in this area can be well can be swayed easily. The naivety creates a false narrative surrounding the effectiveness and safety of viruses. It is understandable that some people may have concerns about vaccines, taking scandals such as the Wakefield scandal into account. However, even vague research into this shows the vaccines are not a factor that cause autism, and the information given above can quickly debunk and discredit an anti-vaxxer claim. To give you a number on how big the anti-vax movement is, there are 31 million people that follow anti-vax groups on Facebook and 17 million on YouTube alone. But the anti-vax is not only about people against vaccines, but there is, of course, money to be made. And it is said that social media firms make one billion due to, to anti-vax support. Also, due to content personalization algorithms, ads and content are repeatedly exposing people to the same content even on the basis of disinformation. The huge factor that influences people's decisions are articles with attention-grabbing titles that are taken out of context. So more people click on it and give it views and money. For example, Express wrote an article that suggested by their title that the COVID-19 vaccine killed two elders. But in truth, the two elders who took the vaccine died with no correlation to the vaccine. For example, one elder died in a car crash and the other died by choking on food. Another area we'll focus on is the history of actual anti-vax movements. There has been an extensive long-range history when it comes to anti-vax movements. In the 18th century, the smallpox vaccine was made compulsory by the British government. This is one of the first recorded incidents where the public fought against the government and began protesting against the vaccine. These anti-vax movements have caused severe decline in vaccination rates throughout time. Although social media has a major effect on the movement and circulation of these anti-vax sites, there has always been a presence of these movements. In their past, there have been several reasons to believe that uproar of lobbyism activities of anti-vaccination movements may have led to suspension of several vaccines. For example, the whooping cough suspension in the late 1990s. A bit of a background behind vaccines. Vaccines are medically one of the greatest advances in modern in the modern world. The evidence for the first vaccine vaccines were used seem to be used in China, and were called uh, virulations uh, against smallpox as early as 1000 CE, and it was also practiced in Africa and Turkey, and then it spread to Europe. Edward Jenner's innovation took place in 17. Uh, 96 as he used cowpox uh, material to create an immun immunity to smallpox and his method underwent medical changes over the past 200 years and resulted in the eradication of smallpox. This is where the world where the the word vaccine originated. Vaca meaning Latin, vaca meaning cow in Latin uh, as a result of using cowpox by Jenner. As seen Vaccines have been a part of humanity for a very long time and you've been dependent on them ever since and it increased the longevity of the human of humankind. 
we're lucky that here in Ireland we have such a well-planned and effective immunisation programme. The HSE immunisation programme refers to the vaccines available to the Irish public. The school immunisation programme is a programme available to school children and includes five vaccinations. These vaccines include the MMR, 4 in 1, MEN, ACWI, TDAP and the HPV vaccine. After the, after the initial immunisation, a booster dose is used to reintroduce the immunised antigen and encourage the body's immune system to increase immunity. When a child reaches junior infants in primary school at the age of four or five, they are administered two booster vaccinations. One booster for MMR, measles, mumps and rubella, and the second a four-in-one booster. This four-in-one booster protects against diphtheria, polio, tetanus and whooping cough, which are all very contagious and spread through close contact. Pregnant women are encouraged to receive the vaccine as the vaccine stimulates antibodies which pass through one's body to the baby and protects them for the first few months after birth. A repeat vaccine is recommended by the HSE after birth to ensure enough antibodies are produced. You cannot contract this illness as it does not contain any live virus. A perfect example is people believing that there are enough people vaccinated in the world so that they themselves don't need to get the vaccine. But in 2010, California saw over 9,000 cases of whooping cough, more than any year since the whooping cough vaccine was introduced in 1940. Also, 10 infants too young to be vaccinated died of whooping cough during the outbreak. The second injection is an MMR, which is the second dose measles, mumps and rubella vaccine. Each of these, again, are extremely contagious and spread through close contact. And with the close environments present in school, these vaccines are extremely important. The influenza vaccine has been available for many years now, also known as the flu vaccine. In 2018 to 2019, the Centre for Disease Control and Prevention estimated the vaccine was 63% effective for the first dose in children and 45% for adults. There are many different types of influenza, like subtypes, circular in, in the US alone. Individuals who've received vaccination in the current season only had a vaccine efficiency of 25 to 65%. Individuals who received vaccinations in the season prior alone had the va vaccine efficiency of 26%. The vaccine de demonstrated territory effectiveness against sub subtype AH3N2, in influenza strain, and 54 against influenza B. The flu vaccine vaccines are changed and altered regularly to ensure uh, efficiency. It is evident that the influenza vaccine all types are provide essential protection for individuals all ages against all subtypes of influenza. A small anecdote that I found on the fear imposed on vaccines. During an influenza vaccination program in Israel, four men aged between 52 and 75 years, all who lived in the same village, died after receiving the vaccine. After four days, the investigation concluded that all four men had died from cardiac disease and not the actual vaccination. It also revealed that the original vaccine batch of over 176,000 doses had been shipped to Austria, Czech Republic, Greece, Italy, Poland and Korea, where no serious adverse events had been reported. In secondary schools, three vaccine are, vaccines are administered, the Tdap, HPV and the MEN ACWY. The HPV vaccine is a non-live vaccine. This prevents almost uh, all cases of cervical cancer 
7 out of 10 vaginal and 5 out of 10 vulval cancers, 9 out of 10 HPV related anal cancers and 9 out of 10 cases of genital warts. HPV infections can cause cancers of areas such as the cervix, vulva, vagina, anus, throat, penis, head and neck. HPV infections can also cause genital warts in both boys and girls, so it's not just a women's problem. The World Health Organization states that the HPV vaccine is extremely safe. The vaccine introduced in Ireland in 2010 is an essential vaccination which aids the prevention of these cancers. This vaccine, which has been surrounded by doubt and speculation over the past five years, has seen an extreme drop in uptake due to these taboo myths, which were previously discussed. It's not only anti-vaccination groups in the public that have caused drastic effects in vaccinations. In 2007, the German Standing Committee on Vaccines recommended young girls aged 12 to 17 receive the HPV vaccine. However, a group of 13 scientists published a document on a university website stating the HPV vaccine had not sufficiently verified documentation explaining its efficacy, which is devastating to the uptake of the vaccine. There was, an emotion, there was a large debate after which focused too much on emotions and tension rather than the facts. Only 10% of German websites and 6% of German newspapers reported the correct information about the effectiveness of the vaccine. The coverage remained low after the introduction of the vaccine and parental reluctance remained high. The Tdap vaccine is a tetanus, low-dose diphtheria and low-dose pertussis or whooping cough booster vaccination. This vaccination again is a booster much like the 4-in-1 which is received in junior infants in primary school. This booster encourages the production of antibodies which builds the body's immune system to fight against these viruses. Protection against the meningococcal C disease reduces over time, so a booster dose of the M of the men ACWY vaccine is required. The meningococcal ACWY vaccine protects your child against meningococcal diseases caused by MENC and meningococcal types A, W and Y. Meningococcal diseases is a serious illness which can cause meningitis, which is inflammation of the lining around the brain, septicemia, which is a blood poisoning and can lead to death. With the growing speculation and anti-vax movements of today, there has been a drastic decline in vaccination uptake in recent years. With social media playing a massive part in the spreading of fake news and taboo news articles, there is no wonder that the true facts regarding vaccines are being overshadowed online. If there is just one thing you get from this, we hope that we are able to clear up some of the outlandish accusations made by the public, and provide you with some of the real facts that you came here in search of. Our main goal is to discredit the anti-vaccination movement, causing so much fear, and to take that fear out of vaccinations from parents and put their trust back in our healthcare services, and in turn, back in science. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope that the information we provided will help you make an informed decision in regards vaccinations. Be sure to check out our website for more information on the vaccinations provided in the Irish School Immunisation Programme provided by the HSE. Thank you again.